This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. WBEZ is supported by Chicago Humanities, presenting live events with historians Doris Kearns Goodwin and John Meacham, comedian Reggie Watts and filmmaker Miranda July, and artists Hebrew Brantley and Amanda Williams in conversation, plus MSNBC chief correspondent Ali Velshi on small yet powerful acts of courage throughout history. Tickets for these events and more conversations on arts, culture, and current affairs at chicagohumanities.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. When you think of surfing, you probably think of the sun and the sand and the relaxed vibes of the West Coast. But did you know that there's a vibrant surfing community right here in Chicago? You just might need a slightly thicker wetsuit. That's because winter is the best time for catching waves on the Great Lakes. During colder months, Lake Michigan is more dense, mimicking some of the buoyancy of saltwater. And winter winds and storms churn up the lake, creating swells of rideable waves. But surfing the lake in winter comes with some challenges, like navigating pollution and ice chunks, and protecting yourself against frostbite and hypothermia. Freelance reporter Zachary Noth covered the sport and Chicago surfing community for WBEZ. I sat down with Zach and two local surfers, Rex Floodstrom and Mo McFadden, to learn more about winter surfing in the Midwest. As someone who does their best not to leave the house till spring, I started off by asking Mo what about winter surfing appeals to her and what I'm missing out on. Here's Mo. Everything that I like about it, it's mainly how I take care of myself. So it's important to me in physical aspects, mental health aspects, and just basic self-care. It's also, mm. it's my community. So it's, it's my social, it's, you know. Yeah. It's, it's everything. I love that. Talk more about the, the mental health portion of this for you and yeah. what it provides. Yeah. So it's definitely a challenge every time I'm out on the waves. Um, I, and I just feel that every time I go out, it's, it's hard. It's not easy. But I feel like I'm meeting a challenge, whether I have a good day or a bad day. Um, I, I just, a good session or a bad session, I just feel like I've done something. Yeah. You know, I feel accomplished. I so, love that so yeah. much for you. Um, you've been out surfing a couple times this week, Rex. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Are, uh, are the conditions good right now? Um, well, today it's kind of flat, but uh, yesterday we had a fun day. Um, we were at... Uh, the South End in, in Whiting, and um, afterward we had a, a fun event at uh, the Patagonia store um, on Fulton Market. They did an event for uh, Montrose Beach Surf Club, and uh, Surfrider was there, um, did his talk, and uh, Flux Surfboard, Scott from Flux, uh, demonstrated some surfboard shaping techniques, and um yeah, and what I would add to the mental health aspect is, yeah, surfing definitely is like, uh, I see it kind of as like a, a, a meditation where you're moving, you know, it kind of puts you in the moment and you're, you're, uh, all the troubles are kind of, you can leave them on land and mm -hmm. you just have to kind of focus on uh, what you're doing. 
set the scene for us. I mean, what is it like surfing in January? Um, well, sometimes we, we're, uh, surfers were always looking for those uh, magic days, those classic days, and they don't come around often. And uh, you know, often you're looking for them, and yeah, they don't. Come I mean, you around. just you describe today as being flat. I mean, wh- what does that mean? Um, just the waves are too small. Yeah, yeah. We uh, so you can just look out there and be like, no. Nope. Not today. Yeah, there's like, uh, there's like, it takes a while to figure out where and when to go and different wind and wind directions and wind speeds. And, you know, uh, and there's always a, a certain uh, uh, unknown factor, you know, that, that, because uh, the lake is, is uh, in the end unpredictable. You know, yeah. it's getting better and better, but still, um, you never know what you're going to get for sure. You never know what you're going to get. I think what's beautiful to some people or gross to some people, that's looks good to us. You know, if it's, yeah. if it's sleeting, if it's ice, if it's snow, um, like such as yourself, you're like not interested. Right. I'll, I'll stay home. I'll stay on the couch. I like to do that. However, it's also like, this is going to be a good day. We can see those ice blue waters, um, dark gray skies, um, and the occasional grapple that smacks you in the face. I love that so much. Yeah. Do you get spectators? Occasionally, depending on the location, but we definitely do get spectators. What about you, Rex? Yeah, we get some. And then, um, yeah, I feel like uh, it's nice. We sometimes get fo- fo- photographers as well. So we get some photos. I feel like um, we even get more photos than some other places where there's a lot more surfing just because it's more like uh, mundane there where it's like kind of a special event here when we get good waves, you know, so. Or people calling uh, the cops because they think we're drowning or out oh there, my goodness. you know, not supposed to be there. Clearly they're like, why are they out there? They're so, concerned for your they're safety. They're concerned for our safety. Yeah. Yes. Rightfully so. Being good neighbors. Yes. Thank you. Let's that. bring you in here, Zach. I mean, you're, the part of your reporting that shocked me the most is where you said this is the best time to experience that feeling right here on the third coast, the colder months. Why? Why is that? Well, you get more intense storms. And just like Mo was saying, the worse the weather is, the better the surfing is. So uh, you get that wind that blows from the north, and there's 320 miles from the top of Lake Michigan down to the southern tip. So that is more like an ocean tide where it's got plenty of time to build up waves five or six feet or Mm -hmm. eight or ten or maybe even bigger than that, right? Did you get a board out too and uh, <laughs> I did, surf uh, I, <laughs> as you were reporting? I, no, I did talk to uh, the Third Coast Surf Shop, Ryan Gerard over there, by giving me some lessons, uh, but maybe in the summer. <laughs> maybe in the summer. When exactly is Chicago's surfing season? Well, I defer to them, but uh, when do you think it starts, guys? Uh, year round, all the time, whenever we can. It get never it. stops. Never stops. Yeah, it, t- it tends to start building after Labor Day, though, you know. Uh, after kind of the summer season's over, you know, get those uh, first uh, crisp fall days. Um, sometimes are the are the best days as well. Yeah, is that when you're out there the most? Fall, the fall? fall and winter. Uh, yeah, you have more frequent waves, but yes. What does a milder winter mean for for surfing on the Great Lakes, Mo? I would say. Right now, we're seeing a milder winter already with air temps, water temps. They're they're elevated, um, lack of ice coverage, um, as well. So Mm -hmm. not as, not as cold. Yeah. Well, something else I learned from Zach's story that, uh, one of the coldest parts of this is after surfing. This is when you're trying to get out of your skin tight wetsuit and back into warm, dry clothes. I mean, is that the worst part, Rex? 
Um, it, 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 you can get cold very quickly when you're wet and exposed to the air, so you try to make it a quick change. Um, some of the guys have vans or try to do it in their car, you know. And uh, <laughs> oh but yeah, I just try to make it make it work. Yeah. <laughs> Any tips or tricks, Mo, for warming up afterwards? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, try to try to just rip it off like a Band-Aid, but it's a process, and then you just feel like I've done it. Like, it's it's almost more of a workout getting the wetsuit off than actually surfing sometimes. Yeah. So, oh, my goodness. So tips, um, just normal after-workout uh, tips. Hydrate yourself, have a good meal, hot shower. Um, and if you're me, I had to cut my hair because— I had long hair. I had to, it kept getting it stuck in my wetsuit, you know? So it's like, we just want to minimize the restrictions oh, here. Oh, I see. Yeah. Did you see some of this play out, Zach, when you were doing your reporting? Yes, there's the uh, photo uh, uh, on the website uh, with the gentleman uh, taking his uh, wetsuit off. I think sometimes they might get a little help uh, from a friend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, well, take us back, Mo and Rex. What drew you to this sport initially? Uh, I'll go to you first, Rex. Um, well, I, I think for me, it started with, with skateboarding first. I was a skateboarder and then, um, I feel like they're, they, uh, complement each other. They're kind of like, uh, cousins and, uh, some of the skills translate. And then, um, you know, I saw surfing and, and, uh, then when I was a teenager, I started going out to Southern California and, uh, Los Angeles County. And, you know, I started out on a bodyboard catching waves and that's, that I feel like is a pretty good way to learn as a kid. Cause you learn how to drop in and maneuver in the waves. Mm -hmm. And then, then eventually I, 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 it was time to get a surfboard and, you know, uh, you know, my first board was a beater from a garage sale, you know, for like 20 bucks. And, you know, so it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that expensive of a sport, but there is gear you need, but um, yeah. it, it can be accessible. That's good to know that it's accessible, right? Uh, Mo, what about you? I think just basically traveling, being an active person, and I would see surfers out if I was in another state. Um, I would visit my friends in California, and they had a board, and then they would just give me a quick pointer, mm -hmm. and then I just went out and caught my first wave, and I'm like, this is it. I'm hooked. Here we go. Yeah. Have either of you done this outside of the country? Yes. Yes. And that's like the... That's the reason for travel a lot of times. It's let's go here so we can, you know, catch different waves in different different area codes. Well, yeah. Mo's heading out to California, I think, uh, tonight or tomorrow. Catching that flight. Nice. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're, you're getting some of that warmth later. Yes. Uh, what was it like for you, Zach, watching this sport in action? Like what, what stood out as a spectator? Well, you know, just the strength and skill it takes um, to get up on a board and ride that wave. Uh, and then you add in, I mean, I'm a kayaker and we uh, know that when you go into cold water, uh, you lose some of your muscle strength. You can even get disoriented. So just watching them, I was amazed at their ability to uh, get up on that board and uh, use their strength and swim out. And uh, keep their wits about them. Uh, as, as you said, they're not only, they might be dodging uh, ice uh, blocks. They might yeah. be, uh, there may be pollution in the water. Mm -hmm. um, and those big ice shelves that form sometimes in the winter that they have to walk, uh, walk through to get to the water. Yeah. I think what I'm truly scared of uh, is the frostbite portion of this. I've been frostbitten before. It's never fun. How do you combat that? I think having appropriate 
equipment coming prepared mm-hmm. um, and knowing when to call it and just being aware of your surroundings. I always say you, you have to use all of your senses and yeah. that can be exhausting in itself, but just being prepared, knowing signs of hypothermia um, and then watching out for your friends, going out with somebody um, yeah. and just keeping an eye on one another. Well, Mo said something key there, knowing when to call it. So yeah, Rex, and, uh, when is it too cold? When when do you say, all right, I'm sitting this one out? Um, usually your your hands and feet, your extremities are the first thing to get very cold. So right. usually when they get very cold, um, your face is cold out there as well. But um, yeah, usually then, you know, when it gets, uh, you know, pretty painful, it's time to go in and uh, at least take a break. And uh, yeah, like Mo said, you have to have the right gear. It's kind of like going outside in the winter. You have to have the right clothes. Um and then also just knowing how to exit the water, knowing where the exit is. And, you know, usually most surf spots, it's it's uh, pretty clear or not too hard to exit because the waves are pushing you in towards the beach. You've actually been arrested for surfing on Lake Michigan. This was more than a decade ago. But uh, I'm curious about what happened there and, and whether you would say things are different now than they were when it comes to laws. Sure. Um Sometimes you can shred so hard that it's a crime. <laughs> um, Arrest this man. Yeah. But uh, um, I, I think... Uh, so yeah. what was the crime? Were you just in the wrong place doing this? Are there um, parts of the lake where you can't yeah, it was venture just, out? Um, yeah, I would say there's. Uh, it's, it, was, it was like a little more gray area at that time for, as far as access. Um, I think all surfers should check out uh, Surfrider and the Surfrider Foundation Chicago because... Is that a website that um, you can go like to? It's like an activist group that, for, that champions environmental causes, but mm-hmm. also access for uh, people to get to beaches yeah. and water. Um, so, But I think now there's like more awareness, so I don't think... Uh, I think it's a more chilled chilled time now it was a different time back then yeah um but you know you never know yeah well, Zach, what have you learned through this process like why was surfing illegal before and what's what's changed yeah i think that uh, you know the case really started to get publicized in 2006 i think uh, when jack flynn was arrested and he was put in jail in his wetsuit <laughs> and uh, there was an outcry about that and so surf riders and others began to lobby for surfing to be legalized, and so now it is legal at four beaches, including Montrose, 57th Street, Osterman, mm-hmm. um, and some of those are open in the summer, and some are, uh, some are not open in the summer, but the other three seasons. And um, then uh, in 2009, the Park District, uh, after this public outcry, did uh, legalize it at those locations. They announced that it was legal. But then you had uh, Rex's arrest in 2012, so again, uh, the police don't always know. Uh, not everybody in the Park District was informed about that. And, and to be honest, the Park District website still says the words no surfing uh, mm. on its website. So, so it sounds like there are still some challenges. Yeah, we're trying, trying to, to clear it out. out. Yeah, some surfers say that they still want to hide when they hear sirens. Um, and uh, we're trying to clarify that with the Park District now and uh, make sure that everybody's got the opportunity to go out. Now, of course, when they go out in Whiting, Indiana or someplace like that, there may not be the same rules that there are here in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, Mo? I mean, are the safety concerns valid? 
Yeah, absolutely. Safety concerns are valid. It's just about being aware and educated about those concerns. Mm -hmm. So valid, but also we're still trying to go out and play. We just need people to be on the same page. I think the park district and others might be concerned for the safety of the surfers, but I think from my talking to surfers, they've saved more lives than have been lost because they're out there, they're experienced, they're skilled, they're strong swimmers. Somebody gets pulled out on a rip current and the surfer is there to help them. Ah, interesting. Uh, I, w- I want to talk more about that uh, uh, that community, that surfing community I alluded to earlier. That's here in the in the Chicago area, and efforts that are being made to cut down on uh, industry emissions, uh, because there are hazardous chemicals and and bacteria in the uh, industrial areas south of the city. So, I mean, when did you first come across pollution, Rex? Um, well, it's there. I mean, I. Um I guess, uh, you know, often you can't see it. I mean, you see it, the smokestacks out on the south end and everything. But in the water, you know, you, you often can't see it. Sometimes you get a, a little bit of a funny smell in the water. Um, mm-hmm. but, a little diesel-y. Yeah. No, there's definitely, you know, you can, you can see it, you can smell it, you can taste it. Um, it's there. So mm. the exposure, it's on the beaches. Um, there, it's just pollution. So how is it affecting surfers? So it affects surfers by we are swimming in this we are surfing in these waters we are on these beaches so um you can be affected um by those toxins you're you could get utis you could have you know i have a lovely chemical free chemical peel every time i get out of the water because we're exposed to um it leaves me glowing i tell you oh my goodness but no it's it's (laughs) you're exposed to hexavalent chromium you're exposed to you know very severe chemicals that can cause bigger issues and bigger issues down the line too so Wow, what have you been able to do about it, Rex? Um, Are you glowing I, from I, the chemical peel as well? No, <laughs> I, I guess um, I guess I would just uh, again uh, refer to uh, Surfrider. They're, they're like kind of taking the lead on on um, trying to uh, reduce like th- the negative impacts from the refineries. And- yeah, our chair, our chair. Um, ha- we have a. a a woman who surfs who's also a lawyer. So she got, and she has connections to the University of Chicago. So they led the charge for the suit against U.S. Steel that the city of Chicago joined as well. And um, I think there's uh, some kind of litigation in the works to get the EPA to do their job on the on the lake. Yeah, Sasha, well. it's another example of where People are using a resource like the lake or our rivers or our outdoors, and they become more concerned about it, and they actually get involved in trying to clean it up and make it better. So, Yeah, you want to protect what you know. Yeah. Right. Well, we got a lot of folks listening to us right now. So what advice do you have for people who are intrigued and they want to get out on the board? You first, Mo. For people that want to get on the, on the board, mm-hmm. n- know before you go, um, prepare yourself as best as you can, be, uh, know how to swim, know where you're going, know what the risks are at that location, what lurks beneath the water. Um, yeah, there's a, a gambit of- And don't go by yourself. Don't go by yourself, yeah. Don't go by yourself. Safety that's, and numbers. That's a good one. And know, good know your one. limits. Know your limits, for sure. And I would say not just know how to swim, like know how to swim well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just the basic, you know, one, two stroke that I can do. Like, like be really strong at swimming. Yeah, and participate at your own risk. You know, yeah. there's no one coming to save you. 
even if there is lifeguards on the beach, you should shouldn't rely on them to come save you. You should uh, always be uh, ready to save yourself. Yeah. How do folks get involved in the surfing community? That's a good question. I think. How do they find you? We just kind of. You're just out there. Wander up and down the lakefront and then we just happen upon (laughs) What do you think, Zach? I think the Third Coast uh, Surf Shop is a good place to start. They're in St. Joseph, Michigan, and uh, uh, it's an excellent uh, place to get equipment and to get advice and to meet other people. We talked earlier about limits. So before you go, I got to ask, over this long weekend, it is going to get down to single digits, mm. right, with lows below zero. Are you going to be out there? Well, I will be in California. Oh, that's right. I would. I would. <laughs> you would? I'm okay. going to warmer climate. Rex, are you going out this week? So when it comes to air temperature, what's your limit, Rex? Um, I've been out in very cold, you know, like below zero Fahrenheit. Um, it is very cold. Sometimes you have to just cut the session short and just, uh, yeah, be safe and, you know, uh, know your limits and, um, you know, just try to have fun, you know, while you can. Yep. I swear I learn something new every day on this show. <laughs> Thank you all so much. We've been talking Thank with you. surfers Mo McFadden and Rex Floodstrom, as well as freelance WBEZ reporter Zachary Noth about surfing on Lake Michigan now in the winter. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Thank, Thank you. you. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Landon Jones. It was edited by Dan Tucker and Ethan Schwab. We have conversations like this every day on Reset. We host interviews daily from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can tune in to WBEZ 91.5 FM or stream live at wbez.org slash live. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.